Hello and welcome everyone to episode 44 of the Apt EVs podcast. I'm your host Chris Rogers and today we'll be talking about the Aptera news for the period between January 9th and January 15th, 2022. In this week's episode, I'll be talking about a new addition to Aptera's board and a great interview of Aptera co-founder Steve Ambro. Hello and welcome everyone. I hope that you all had a great week. The first story of the day is going to be about another new addition to the Aptera team. This in the form of Brian Snow, who has been appointed as strategic advisor and investor and a member of Aptera's board of directors. Brian Snow is a venture capital partner at Impala Ventures. There's an article on about this appointment up on Aptera's website and in which Brian states that he's pleased to join Aptera Motors during a pivotal period in their growth. As an investor and advisor across the green tech space, Aptera stands out to him as the future of transportation. His passion for finding and supporting innovators obsessed with efficiency and sustainability is closely aligned with Aptera's mission and he looks forward to fostering new and exciting opportunities. I would say, big picture, this announcement is an indication to me of the continued growing momentum of investments in the company. There's a very public crowdfunding round that kicked off the rebirth of Aptera. They've gone through a few of those. The latest concluded, or where they're accepting funding, was at at the end of December. But there also have been a number of larger scale investors who have taken an interest in the company and so aptera you know as as they've been completing these these public rounds and crowdfunding you can really see that there's just a tremendous amount of growing interest in aptera Uh, potential consumers that's the the biggest part of the future of the company Uh, but another side of that are the are larger investors who see the potential and who will open doors that will grant Aptera access to capital and help them secure the partnership agreements that they'll need in order to get to production. And they, and quite frankly, they need a lot of that. They're, they're trying to open a new beta production facility. Uh, they're, they're working in the midst of a global supply chain crunch while attempting to secure parts for an electric vehicle startup dealing with different contractors around the globe. And you can see that there's sort of a positive feedback loop where other companies are more willing to make commitments more and more to Aptera, but that only happens once they see that other companies or, in, or larger investors have made commitments to Aptera. And so the, I'd say that overall, this is great news, and I'm hopeful that Brian will be able to continue to drive this virtuous cycle further. The main story for this week, though, involves Aptera co-founder Steve Ambro, who was interviewed as part of a discussion with Devin Thorpe for the Superpowers for Good show. Steve kicked things off, and I'm, I'm just going to go through the parts in the interview that jumped out the most to me because I thought there were, there were a lot of really interesting components in there. So first off, Steve kicked things off to say that Aptera is about 
you know, the, the main idea when asked, you know, what is the idea of Aptera? And he said that Aptera is about using the least amount of energy possible um, in order to move basically two passengers in the vehicle. That is the underlying ethos of the company. Um, there, in, in part of that conversation, it, he said that they estimated that you know their their real goal is to make a vehicle that gets that consumes only 100 watt hours of energy per mile. That's how you get the the 25 kilowatt hours, 250 miles, um, 400 or 40 kilowatt hour, 400, 600, 1,000 miles of range, et cetera, et cetera of their vehicles. That also translates to somewhere around 300 miles per gallon equivalent which is a it's a bit of an odd nomenclature that you see in the united states that the epa grants a a miles per gallon equivalent rating to all electric vehicles it's a rough equivalent of how much i guess how energy efficient a vehicle is so the teslas are all around you know over a hundred miles per gallon equivalent and that that's based off of the consumption of kilowatt hours of electricity to be completely transparent i'm not exactly sure how they calculate that but if you want to keep it on electric terms which steve was focused on it's 100 watt hours per mile which is a, an incredibly efficient it's an unprecedented level of efficiency and it's something that i that i personally believe electric vehicles ought to be there, there ought to be some sort of assessment factor in terms of the that either tax credits or incentives for electric vehicles and that we ought to be encouraging people to purchase vehicles that are more efficient in terms of their consumption of electricity instead of you know maybe encouraging the adoption of electric vehicles that are just p finding ways to pile in as you know the bigger and bitter battery packs because they, they're not really efficient. I mean, I guess I'm biased. I'm operating an Aptera podcast, so that shouldn't be too surprising. Um, moving on, you know, the next part jumped out to me. You know, Steve was asked, you know, what is it that people notice first? At, and this is obvious to me just based off of conversations I've had with, with people about the vehicle. And, and the first thing that people notice is the shape, which then leads to the question of why does it look, look that way? This is something that as people following the company you'll be more than familiar with what the answer to that, you know, the, the shape is resultant of, it, it's the answer to the question, what is the most efficient shape that can carry two people from point A to point B? And so you start off with a low, incredibly low aerodynamic drag. That's how you get the 100 watt hours per mile. But then after you take into the aerodynamic drag, there's the, you know, there are other factors that determine what is going to be the range of a vehicle, what's going to impact the efficiency, that comes from rolling resistance from the tires, you know, bearings in the vehicle, but significantly there is a weight impact on the efficiency. And so, you know, with Aptera, you know, they looked at mathematically what is the shape, but then they also, they look to composites because they were trying to reduce the overall weight. And that's what led them to the integration of solar because the more efficient your vehicle is, the more you know, seemingly seemingly nominal amounts of electricity from from solar panels on you know an oddly shaped vehicle that's not necessarily going to be in the sun all day. But with an Aptera, you know, you're going to get 30 to 40 miles per day from from solar charging. Whereas if you put 
solar panels on a Tesla Model 3, I remember seeing quotes um, from their their CEO that, you know, that it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. You're only talking about a few few miles. With that Terra, it's, because it's so efficient, that's where you get the 30 to 40 miles per day, which Steve described as icing on, on the cake. And, you know, most people, you know, they're not driving 30 to 40 miles per day, but, you know, if it's it's so nice to have this never charge function because, you know, that's allowing people to maintain the, the level of charge of the vehicle at, at whatever they're comfortable with. You know, if you're trying to preserve, I think, the battery life of a vehicle, you, I don't think you're supposed to charge it beyond, you know, 80 or 90 percent very often. And if if you've got an Aptera and you've got these solar panels, you can basically keep it at that level without having to plug it into an outlet. And I wanted to take a brief aside because this is, as part of this conversation, this is an area where I, where when Steve was talking about this and he was talking about how he owns a Chevy Bolt and and when he's talking about efficiency, you know, this is an area where I've been hoping to see, I guess you could call it next generation development in electric vehicles for a while. Because up until Tesla came along, the number of people who owned an EV was a very small number. And this, this is not just in the United States, just worldwide. There just not a lot there were not a lot of electric vehicles around. But at this point, you know, we're in 2022, you know, there's been Tesla's been around for over 10 years. Chevy, you know, they have their Bolt now, but they had their plug-in hybrid Volt EV or or plug-in hybrid uh, vehicle that was very popular or, or fairly popular and nissan has had the leaf also for over 10 years and and so there are, there are at this point there are there's a decade of owners of those vehicles and and so you know for the first time now the people who are designing evs are people who already owned an ev and they have the lived experiences that tell them you know, I'd really like to see X in this car, or, or I'd really like, I'd really appreciate if Y happened. And, you know, when Tesla was designing the Roadster and then the Model S, they were basically saying, you know, I hope that customers like X. I hope they'll appreciate, you know, the, you know, we're going to remove these physical controls and we're basically going to put a large iPad in the car. I hope they'll, they'll like that. I think they will, but we don't know it. It turned out the answer was yes, but you know, they they were operating blindly. And to some extent, you know, they, they still are. And I'm not going to say that electric vehicle manufacturers have it all figured out. But at this point, a, a decade of, of increasing electric vehicle adoption, there are a lot of people, including the engineers at startups like Aptera, who have an idea of what is and isn't valuable. And I think that's an understated factor in the design decisions of what to expect from from Aptera because you know both Steve Ambro and I'm pretty sure Chris Anthony's talked about it. I think he owns a Tesla they're both EV owners and I'm sure they're not the only ones at the company and I think that's 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 a another factor of what's driving their focus on efficiency that leads to this range and 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 why they thought of the the solar integration because these are people who who realize that you know even if the sticker range value on an electric vehicle is enough you know even if you know Nissan Leaf I think that the current ones uh, you know around 200 miles people aren't driving 200 miles a, 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 a day you know if you own the vehicle you understand that you know what 
um, I, I'm not comfortable with that feeling in the back of my mind of, you know, do I have enough? You know, if I add extra trips on there, you know, am, am I am I going to be able to get through the day? Um, you know, if someone doesn't have a, a high capacity charger at home, you know, when are they going to be able to get to one next? And Aptera, you know, the, when you think about the people at Aptera, these are people who have gone through that experience with other electric vehicles and and they they understand it at a more intuitive level of what that pain point is. You know, there's going to be a lot of other areas where I think this will factor into the, the vehicle. You know, I was just thinking about, you know, there's there's stuff where, you know, there's an, um, you know, a lot of EVs now, you know, there will be an app where you can control on your phone. You can set up settings for for a vehicle to turn on at a certain time in the morning. You know, you know, I saw someone on on Twitter um, uh uh, the I think the the owner manager of Transport Evolved, um, and she posted a video of um, her Chevy Bolt will do a temperature check, and if it's under a certain temperature, the vehicle will turn itself on at a certain time in the morning, so that when she goes to drive, you know she's able to you know, the car is already warmed up, and it won't do that if it's if if it's above a certain temperature. Um, people who are EV owners realize that you can do that and that's the kind of stuff that i'm expecting to see in aptera because you know once you've experienced in, in one you know one ev you know you're, you're not going to go back for that um you know when people were designing tesla they didn't know you know what was going to be you know really appealing but but chris and steve you know they have that idea and, and that was just something that came to mind when when he was talking about um you know the you know the range and and the solar integration and and how they really zeroed in on efficiency because because they know they know what it's like to not have range and so it, it means something more to them so moving on you know next part of that that interview that stood out to me was in response to the question about the the shape the shape of the vehicle now aptera has been very vocal about you know the shape of the vehicle it can be described as a cambered airfoil inspired by the morelli body mathematics etc cetera, etc cetera. but what never for whatever reason what never really clicked for me before was how much work jason hill and the rest of the engineers at aptera have put into improving the appearance and the functionality of the vehicle you know based on good vehicle design i mean they they i think they just in maybe November or December, you, you mean, you can make fun of me for this, for not, I mean, they put out a video where Jason Hill walked around um, the, the beta or the alpha prototypes and, and talked about this. But to summarize what Steve said, you know, the first Aptera version um, that they made way back in 2006, 2007, uh, attempted to solve the problem of moving two people as efficiently as possible um, from point A to point B. Um, the problem is that the most mathematically sound shape does not provide the best hit headroom, doesn't provide the best ingress or egress, isn't necessarily as comfortable or, or fun to drive. And what Jason Hill, Aptera's lead designer, and the rest of the team began focusing on with this current versions of the vehicle is, you know, how do you improve upon the overall vehicle design without compromising um, the efficiency or, or increasing drag? And this is why the company has been very proud about the changes in the body shape of the beta versions of the vehicle, you know, that that improved certain factors of the car and 
even I think it, they reduce the coefficient of, of drag, you know, apart from hopefully offsetting the losses that, you know, I, I think American drivers are going to have from the addition of the side view mirror, since it looks like that's not going to be approved, the, the side view camera approach. Um, Aptera has been very proud that they managed to make a comfortable vehicle for two that has a drag profile, the side view mirror of a, of a Ford F-150. Um, you know, passengers, they're going to have the, they're going to have sufficient headroom. It's going to feel roomier in, in the vehicle. They're going to have more visibility and, you know, they managed to keep the, you know, the drag down at that, uh, I think 0.13. And that's, that, that's, this is, it's truly impressive. Um, overall, the things that Steve said, they speak to the importance of the mission alignment of everyone at a company, you know, from, you know, the intern to the executive levels, you know, specifically, you know, he said that, you know, anything that will change the drag and the vehicle has to get approval from him and Chris. And that's such an important point that really underlines the laser focus that they have on, on this efficiency, but, but the fact that they have, you know, the, also the mindset and the engineering talent to, you know, to make something that is, is both incredibly efficient, incredibly practical, but, you know, isn't uncomfortable to get in, you know, it, it's not violating rules of, you know, people are, have certain expectations, they drive around in a car, they're not expecting it to be, to be, they're expecting it to be comfortable. And that's what they focused on with the vehicle. Another really interesting part the conversation was when Steve spoke about how they went from a very modest or relatively modest business plan. I'd say, I wouldn't say very, because starting a a vehicle company is something that, um, as Tesla oft reminds, minds us, I think they're the only, um, auto automaker, only American automaker that hasn't gone bankrupt. Um, you know, everyone has at some point, maybe Ford didn't No, I'm pretty sure they did maybe 2008. Anyway, um, besides the point, um, but basically, you know, Steve was talking about how they went from, you know, a relatively modest business plan to much larger ambitions fairly quickly. You know, initially, apparently, they were only hoping to make around 3,000 or 4,000 vehicles a year. But within the first month, you know, they had 3,000 reservations, you know, 3,000. Then all of a sudden, they're up to 5,000, 6,000. And before they knew it, you know, it's they, they were they just weren't quite prepared or they didn't expect this level of acceptance that came so quickly. Um, and so, you know, the, the reason why this came up was, um, you know, the host, uh, Devin, he asked about, you know, appearing on something like, like Jay Leno and how significant that was. And, and what Steve said was, you know, it, it, that appearance on Jay Leno, again, was just one of the many instances of validation that they were on the right track and they were doing the right thing. And even more powerfully, you know, Steve spoke about the humility and, and appreciation of getting a second chance. You know, you know, this is a company that started, you know, had a lot of promise and and went bankrupt and, you know, by it basically should not exist right now. Um, but here they are again with over 15,000 pre-orders um, and a whole team behind them. And people are are willing to give them a second chance, and you can hear um, from Steve how the growth of Aptera after you know their death and rebirth is incredibly personal to him. You know he's not just working a job; he's helping to lead what is a revolution in auto design and transportation design. Well, I guess technically not transportation because a lot of those principles in 
the airline industry um, are being translated to auto. But it, it's a complete revolution, you know, described. You know, Amory Levin's basically called this the car of the future. And and that has a lot of people excited. Um, and, you know, Steve, you, you can hear in his voice that he really wants to do the company. He wants to do the, the customers um, justice. And you, you can hear echoes of that when he's talking about, you know, he's a part of this, you know, this, this interview. It's called you know, the, the superpower show, and he was asked, you know, what his superpower is. And, and what he said was that, you know, he's, he has the ability to endure th- through, through discomfort to get things done, um, which, which he's had to utilize um, at previous jobs, at previous positions, but, but also at Aptera. And, and you can imagine what it's like to have a startup and, and kind of have it taken away from you because, you know, the people who are in charge, you know, they're, they don't really see they don't really see the promise. They don't understand the potential of what you're trying to do, and, and you lose that. But then you get a chance to, to start over again, and and I can imagine that that it, it, it sounds like he's very, 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 very grateful for this. So, you know, in going back into the discussion that they had about Aptera's business plan and how it's grown, you know, Steve mentioned something that I thought was, was really interesting. He, he said that you know, the growth and success of Aptera, is, it has been reflected both in ways that everyone can see, you know, that's the sort of stuff like the appearance on Jay Leno, and also in ways that, you know, they can't really talk about. And, and that second part I want to focus on, because I believe it, that entails a lot of the conversations that Aptera has had with larger investors and, uh, and, and other institutions, you know, with partners like Roush, um, and that has resulted you know, that, that directly led to the appointment of, you know, someone like Brian Snow to the board of directors. Um, you know, no one who's managing a startup will admit that, you know, that they're in the early on, they're struggling to get FaceTime for important meetings and, and they're not really, you know, they're not sure if they're, if they're going to be able to get over the hump. But I imagine that, you know, that at, at after a half a billion dollars worth of pre-orders, you know, a lot of doors are now opening to Aptera that were previously closed. And as an outsider, we're never going to see the day-to-day impact of, of these changes. You know, um, you know, all we see are production deadlines and deliveries, and, and we see if they're hit or, or they're missed. But, you know, I, I try to stay cognizant of that when I'm out here trying to read the tea leaves of, of what this and that hire means. But, you know, because the truth is that, you know, there's so much going on at a company like Aptera. You know, it's the reason why... You know, there are so many electric vehicle startups that don't make it to production um, and go belly up. And, and one of the reasons why you know, I've appreciated, you know, the, the postmortems that, you know, that Steve and, and Chris have provided. He, he talks about, you know, what happened in this interview, um, you know, that led to the bankruptcy 10 years ago, because that provides a, a little peek behind the curtain of what it's like when, when you're in the, tr- the trenches. Um, and I guess in the end, you know, it, it just it speaks to the importance of of the of the or the significance of the challenges of 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 getting this getting a, a new company to production and accomplishing their goal, which is something that I think we're all we're all looking forward to seeing. And so the the last bit of not quite new news um, was in response to the question about delivery timelines, and and based on that response. It appears that this interview was conducted sometime in December of last year. And so without committing the company, you know, to, to any firm dates, you know, Steve said that they're hoping for some time in 2022. I think you can take that response lightly, in part because Steve expressly stated that 
he didn't want to commit to a date before there was more buy-in from the rest of the team. And also, again, there are these global supply chain challenges that could upend everything. But but we'll see. Uh, and so um, last thing I'll say is, you know, great job to Devin on this interview. Um, and I, I hope that the Aptera team is able to you know, manage these timelines um, and the factors they control well enough and that everyone is able to to take sufficient breaks to, to avoid burnout or without having to to, to, to adopt a, a philosophy of stoicism. Um, there, there's an accompanying article for this interview on, on Devin's website that I will include a link to in the show notes and check it out. And that concludes episode 44 of the Apt EVs podcast. Um, I hope you found this episode interesting. And as always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. Yeah, you can also use my referral link if you're interested in $30 off your refundable deposit, your $100 reservation for an Aptera. I include that in the show notes as well. Um, the Apt EVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast, Anchor FM. Um, if you have any questions or feedback, including you know uh, corrections, please send those to aptevspodcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore EVs podcast. You can also send me audio messages through the podcasting website. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.